Hello and welcome to the Book of Acts. My name is Lloyd. We're journeying through this wonderful book, this remarkable book that looks at the history of the early church. We're in Acts chapter 10, looking at verses 44 to 48 today, where the Holy Spirit falls on the Gentiles. Let me just read it out. While Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. And the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. For they were hearing them speak in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter declared, Can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit, just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked him to remain for some days. So last week we looked at the Gentile world receiving the gospel for the very first time. Peter had been incredibly providentially led to the house and household of Cornelius where he had gathered his family and the community, all Gentiles, to hear the gospel for the first time. And this was a tectonic change for the early church. It required the dramatic intervention of God himself to break this Jewish-Gentile divide, which had been around for centuries. So today we pick up as Peter is addressing Cornelius' household, and what happens? God takes over the meeting. While Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. So mid-sermon, God interrupts Peter and pours out a spirit. Peter may have been wondering how is he going to land this meeting? How is he going to end this time of ministry? Would God, God show up to authenticate all he had been saying? There have been so many remarkable events in the lead up to this meeting and this, this preaching of the gospel to the Gentiles. Would Peter have to lead them to salvation? Would he have to baptize them? What about the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Spirit? Well, the Gentiles allowed that as well? Well, all these questions are answered when God simply pours out his Holy Spirit mid-sermon. And how did Peter, or Luke who's writing this account, or those disciples who were with him, know that something had happened? There must have been some tangible sign, an experiential moment, when God's felt presence was amongst the household. God fully authenticated the whole enterprise. While when Peter goes on to justify his ministry to the, to the Gentiles, as, we, as we've just heard this week and last week, to the wider church in later chapters, he uses the fact that the Holy Spirit had come upon them as proof of God's favour. God himself bore witness to the truth of what Peter had just spoken of. Before Peter could do anything, God had acted. The book, book of Acts is in part the Acts of God, not just the acts of the apostles. He has an act of God. God. God is not tied to any methodology. He works according to his will. And here he chooses to baptize a group of believing Gentiles with the Holy Spirit even before they are water baptized. And it says the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. So we're going to hear in the next verse what they actually saw. But it says here um, that the believers had come with Peter were amazed. They saw something. 
Peter had brought six friends from Joppa as part of maybe staying accountable, but also to disciple them, take them on a journey. They are totally surprised at what happens. Even the Gentiles can receive the Holy Spirit. That's their conclusion. Whatever their expectations were up to that point, God bursts in. And Peter is saved from making an explanation because God demonstrates powerfully his agenda for the vast expanses of the Gentile world. The Gentiles are also able to come to God. They are welcome in the church. And this is dramatic and utterly novel for the early church. It says, and this is the sign that, that, that Peter's friends saw. They heard them speaking in tongues and exalting, extolling God. And then Peter declares, can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people who've received the Holy Spirit? So good church leaders provide clarity when there are uncertain times or strange happenings. Peter wants everyone to go on the same journey. These believers have already received salvation. They've repented of their sin in their hearts and they've believed in Jesus. And the promised Holy Spirit has been poured about upon them. Surely they can have the sign, which is baptism, if they've already received that which has signified the Holy Spirit. Peter could see no reason to withhold the sign to those who God had already received himself. God has already accepted these Gentiles. How can Peter say that they're not acceptable in the church? God had already received what the sign pointed to, the filling, the pouring out of the Holy Spirit on their lives. God went ahead and directed how Peter was to respond. He responded by accepting the Gentiles automatically into the church. Once again, if there'd been a committee voting on the legality of this or the, the, the right outcome of this occurrence, it would not have passed. Democracy would have voted away this act of God. They would have said, this is new, we don't have a precedent. No, it's not God. And we'll see later when the, the, the council meets what difficulty Peter had in getting them to believe until he mentions that the Holy Spirit fell. But there was a lot of opposition so we need to be spirit-led churches who can embrace God's work among us. As strange as it may be to our understanding, Jews and Gentiles are united by God. Now maybe the early church will follow this template and begin to copy God in embracing their Gentile friends into the church. And we'll hear more about the response from the early church and what happened with Cornelius next week. So God has accepted the, the believers, surely the church will too. They already have the reality, surely they can have the sign of church membership, of baptism. So how did Peter's Jewish friends notice the pouring out of the Holy Spirit? Well, they heard them speaking in tongues. Something happened to them, they just started speaking. No, no one had told them about that, they just began to do it. And extolling God something they could not have known about or how to do without God himself teaching them, without the Spirit of God being in them. So the evidence of the Spirit being within them was the way in which they acted. The evidence was in the tongues and them exalting God. And so Peter commands them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and they asked him to hang around a bit. So without waiting for an answer, 
for it was obvious what was needed to be done. They had to be baptized. The new Gentile believers are water baptized all in one day. They believe, they receive the Spirit, and they are water baptized. The Jews had waited hundreds of years for the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. The Gentiles get everything almost immediately. Everyone has, 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 been, has been jolted a bit in their faith. Peter's had to anticipate what's going on with the Gentiles. Is God going to receive them? The Gentiles are thinking, what's going on? The Holy Spirit's been given to us. So everyone has to adjust and receive God in unexpected ways. The Christian insiders born and raised as Jews and part of the Jewish church and the system, had to learn that God had accepted the Gentiles also. And all the gifts and promises were theirs without any exception. Those who were part of the broader church, so the Samaritans who had just received the gospel in chapter 8, and now even those who were outside, away from the church, the Gentiles, had received everything. Some commentators have remarked that there are three Pentecosts. There's Jerusalem, Samaria in chapter 8, and the ends of the earth now in chapter 10. There's this ever-widening and expanding movement of the Spirit. And here is the first entirely Gentile church, whose history, culture, etc. would be extremely different to the Jewish church, had those long traditions millennia of traditions and laws and prophets. It was going to be a bumpy ride to integrate all these vastly different people into a united church. But that is what God wanted, that's what he was up to. Denominations, splits, those are man-made inventions. God works the other way, he unites his people. The Gentile church asked for Peter to remain with them to help form this, this, this local church and give them some structure, probably put in place leadership, provide pastoral guidance and oversight as they began to form a church community, a family of people on a mission. So God had broken into the Gentile world like a runaway bushfire that had leapt over a road. He had forged a new direction for the church and next week we will hear how the church responds to God. Will they accept God's work? Will they stick to their traditions? So are you ready for God to work in a seemingly new way? Are you open to welcoming outsiders into your church who maybe don't have a Christian background? You have to have the gospel explained from the foundations up. Do you not even know the Jesus who Peter preached about today? Do you need to come to Christ? Do you need to repent of your sin and come to God? Receive the salvation that is from God and believe in Jesus Christ who God sent as the only way for salvation, the only way to God. Lord, I pray for anyone today who's, who's battling with big, the big questions of life, who's searching for meaning in life. Lord, would you come to them? Would you open their eyes to see the beauty and the wonder of Jesus? Help them to see the good news of Jesus, that forgiveness is possible, that repentance can happen, that we can come back to God. Amen.